2: Hello and welcome in Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective is what you'll find on this program each day. And a reminder right out of the gate, if you can't join us for the live radio show each day here on the Big X, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Really, all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there. Uh, Glad you're with us. Uh, Headed to the middle of May, the big story around IU basketball these days is Trace Jackson Davis, who we know officially is headed to the NBA Combine. Word got out on that late last week, but the uh, long list of 76 players this year Uh, that are going to attend the NBA Combine. The invited players to attend the Combine was officially released last night by the NBA and, of course, TJD's name on that list and a lot of other familiar names from the college basketball season as well, including, I think, 12 total uh, Big Ten players. I saw a couple Big Ten players declined NBA Combine invites, but we'll talk more about that today. Obviously, fans waiting, wondering Uh, And a lot of it, I think, is going to come down to a a legit game time decision. How does Trace perform in the combine uh, coming up here on May 16th? That's going to last for three or four days. And after that, there'll be some days of discussion and thinking, I'm sure. And it really could be right up until the deadline when you know exactly what the future is going to hold for Trace next season, but we'll break it all down for you. We'll try to keep up with him throughout the combine. Some of the combine I saw once again this year is going to be televised. Some of the games, the up and down runs and, I guess if you're watching a specific player, it's probably worth watching. Uh, I've had it on in the background because you get to hear some NBA draft conversation and just kind of get a general feel for this year's draft overall with the great commentary that goes on. The games aren't, you know, as far as a really competitive basketball game, that great to watch. But I have a feeling. Uh, knowing IU and IU fans and how this fan base takes everything so seriously, uh, that a lot of IU fans will tune on, uh, tune in to anything they can get from the combine this year to keep track of Trace Jackson Davis, and we'll do the same as well. Let's take a look at the show lineup for this Wednesday edition of our program. Here in segment one, in just a few moments, we'll get into our daily headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. We'll take a look at the Big Ten players in the NBA Combine this year. Also, Kenya Hunter, assistant coach, was interviewed recently on the Hoosier Hysterics podcast, and he had a couple interesting comments that I want to bring up. Some recruiting news for IU basketball and the Hoosier Hills Conference baseball tournament continues tonight. You've got semifinal games for those that won their Monday first-round games. There are some consolation games tonight as well. And, of course, we're gearing up, hopefully, to have at least one local team in the Hoosier Hills Conference Championship on Friday, which we are going to broadcast if we have a good game to bring you from the HHC tournament, whether it be the championship or a third-place game on Friday evening. And that game will be on 970 a.m., uh, with a 6 o'clock first pitch, but we'll keep you posted on that as we get through the week Thursday and Friday as well. All right, uh, show lineup, the service of Honey Baked Tam. I told you about our headlines a little bit later in the hour. Dustin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald-Times will stop in. We'll talk Trace. We'll talk IU basketball and some recruiting notes when he joins us as well. Later in the show, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will be my guest. That segment each week is presented by Major League Shirt Company. And with Josh, there's a lot to talk about. I tell you what, really impressive. Floyd Central's senior class in basketball. We'll break it down for you a little bit later in the hour with Josh. But they had a number of players signed to play college hoops from Wesley Silahusky at Air Force all the way down to some NCAA uh, Division three. Uh, commitments as well, and uh, just a really impressive uh, showing by Floyd Central and their outgoing seniors. Also, we'll catch up on baseball. I mentioned the HHC tournament. Sectionals are just a few weeks away. There are some other standouts and uh, things that need to be highlighted from recent spring sport happenings as well. So, we'll do all that a little bit later in the show with Josh Cook of the News and Tribune. That's the show lineup, the service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in. Take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Tam Ham in New Albany. Let's get into our headlines for this Wednesday program. Hard to believe we're headed into the middle of May, and first and foremost, last night, the official list of 76 players that were invited and picked for the NBA Combine that begins in Chicago on May 16th. As discussed a lot here on this program, Trace Jackson Davis is on the list. Other lottery picks from the Big Ten Conference, or those from the conference I should say that are projected lottery picks, Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, and Johnny Davis as well. But the 12 from the Big Ten, Malachi Branham of Ohio State Max Christie of Michigan State, Kofi Coburn of Illinois, Johnny Davis I mentioned from Wisconsin, Musa Diabate from Michigan, Ron Harper Jr. from Rutgers, I mentioned Jade Ivey, a projected draft pick, a lottery pick from Purdue, uh, TJD, obviously EJ Liddell from Ohio State, Bryce McGowans from Nebraska, Keegan Murray from Iowa, and Trevon Williams from Purdue. That makes up the uh, list of 12. And I said May 16th. I think the actual on-the-court stuff is May 18th, 19th, and 20th in Chicago. That event, uh, I've been to it before. It it, uh, it has been held at uh, a practice facility, and I forget the name of it, but the Bulls would use the facility some back years ago. And it was like the personal gym uh, of Michael Jordan. It's where he worked out with uh, in the game, Tim, is it Carver? Tim Garver, uh, his famous trainer back in the day when you never heard about basketball trainers. Uh, it's the gym where they worked out, just a two court facility, but pretty nice. That's where the Combine has always been. I don't know the location this year. I think it's changed in recent, maybe this year and last year, uh, to, a, to a little newer, a little better venue. But that's where it had been previously, so a lot of history there. But uh, a great list of college basketball players and others, uh, including a number of foreign Uh, players as well on the list. Uh, Some from the G League Ignite program as well, making up the 76 that are going to get evaluated. The Combine is an unbelievable opportunity to be seen by personnel from the NBA. So it really puts Trace Jackson Davis uh, right in the middle of things uh, here as we head to Uh, the June 1 deadline to either keep his college eligibility uh, or go ahead and make it official, probably sign with an agent at that point, and uh, keep his name in the NBA draft for later in the month of June. Also, another thing I wanted to mention, uh, Kenya Hunter, uh, who I think we all recognize at this point as a great keep for Mike Woodson here in this offseason. He was promoted to associate head coach as was Yasir Rosemond as well. I think Hunter best known for his recruiting abilities. At least we've seen a lot of uh, help and and assist in that area from him since his time on the IU staff. But he was interviewed on the Hoosier Hysterics podcast, one of their off-season podcasts here recently. And I guess this makes sense, but he was talking about off-season development and that uh, he thinks this off-season will be geared around A lot of offensive things uh to kind of generalize the comments that he said and it makes sense because he he talked last year with the bahamas trip it was like you were preparing for games basically you had to get your defense set to be ready for a game type situation you had to get your offense uh, ready as good as you could uh, with a new coach coming in for games coming up in a short period of time so Uh, There are no games this offseason as far as competition, so a lot more opportunity to work on the offensive side of things and not rush the defense along, which seemed to be really the focal point last offseason of IU basketball, just from what we heard and what was said by the IU coaches. So more time with the coaches on offense this summer. Obviously, shooting is something that's a known need and area of improvement for this Indiana team. But generally, I think it's exciting to think about what this team with more work on their offense could look like with the weapons they've got coming back. And, yeah, that includes even if Trace Jackson Davis isn't back. I think it's obviously a different team if he doesn't return from an offensive and really defensive end as well. He affects so much of every game that he's played, been a part of in his IU career. Uh, But definitely seems like, according to Coach Hunter, this could be an offensive-focused summer uh, for the Hoosiers here in the offseason. One recruiting note to pass along as well, 2023 target Cohen Carr, is already looking to return uh, to the IU campus for another visit and uh, looks to make a decision coming up later this summer in August, according to a report from Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, who's a guest on this show each Tuesday. I think it's important to note that Carr took an official visit recently back in the spring. I think it was in March, some point. Uh, so for Carr, who's a six foot seven wing player, Uh, to come to IU for an official. It was during a game. I want to think it was the Rutgers game uh, back in March for him to take a visit then, an official visit, and then schedule a return trip uh, some point here, maybe in May. That lets you know that he really is considering Indiana. And uh, an interesting name in the 2023 class is Cohen Carr. Uh, So it will be interesting to see if Indiana has a chance to bring him in. And it appears his decision could be made at some point in the month of August as well. High school baseball continues. Big, big week for some of our local teams. We had a great game on Monday night. New Albany edge Floyd Central 3-2. It was a game we broadcast right here on the Big X. That was a first-round game. So New Albany advanced to a Wednesday semifinal game to take on Seymour on the road tonight for the Bulldogs. So it's New albany seymour In the top semifinal, the bottom semifinal, Columbus East beat Jeffersonville on Monday, so the Olympians will take on Jennings County, who got the bye. New Albany and Seymour in the regular season was a close game, so I expect a good one tonight between the Dogs and the Owls. But if New Albany could get to that championship game, I think it's very likely they would take on a very good Jennings County club as well uh, for all the marbles in the Hoosier Hills Conference this year. And I should note, first time in five years, and really you could say six if you want to include the year of COVID where there was no Hoosier Hills Conference Tournament champion, Jeffersonville has won five in a row. So with the Red Devils getting uh, a little bit surprisingly bounced out in the first round on Monday night, uh, they're out. They will not be defending their title this year. But what a run by Coach Ellis' crew to win five HHC baseball crowns in a row, and we all know how good the conference is in baseball and how good it's been recently with a number of college prospects. I mentioned this uh, Monday during the game. I'm not sure I said it on the show. Uh, There were nine college commits. Some seniors that have signed or getting ready to sign. uh, Some juniors that are just verbally committed. But nine college commits in the new Albany-Floyd Central game. Uh, earlier this week and then the New Albany Jeff game which was our first broadcast of the season there were eight college commits I think in that game there's going to be more likely from a couple of those teams so Just amazing the amount of players that go on from this area to play baseball, and really you could say that about a lot of sports, but uh, some of these baseball matchups lately have been fantastic. So New Albany at Seymour tonight, Columbus East is at Jennings County, Floyd Central will take on tonight uh, Bedford North Lawrence, uh, who lost to Seymour earlier in the week in a consolation game And I'm not sure exactly how it works, but Jeffersonville will have a consolation game, I believe, on Thursday night with the new 17 bracket because of Madison no longer in the HHC. Uh, That kind of screws up a Monday, Wednesday, Friday pattern where everybody gets three games in the week. But uh, the Red Devils will play in the tournament, the consolation side, again a little bit later uh, in the week as well. That's a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. A few other notes. The Thornton's text line is open. You can text me, 502-414. 1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And don't forget to download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app to your phone today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Dustin Dopierak and talk Trace Jackson Davis, the NBA Combine uh, from a Big Ten perspective, some IU basketball recruiting, and a little IU football with Dustin when we return. And then still ahead, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune on local sports. And there's lots of things to get to with him as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on this Wednesday program. Dustin Dopirac of the Bloomington Herald-Times, my guest. We'll talk Trace Jackson-Davis, the NBA Combine, and more here in this segment. You can text me, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 if you've got a question or a comment on IU Hoops for our guest, Dustin Dopierak, who is with us every Wednesday on the program. Dustin, it's official, as we knew late last week, uh, trace on the nba combine invite list 76 total players 12 players getting the invite from the big 10 conference and now it's kind of a waiting game for coach woodson but uh, also for iu fans to see how trace performs here in a week or so in front of all the nba scouts and coaches and personnel
3: yeah no absolutely i mean i think you had to presume he was going to get an invite uh just cause, i mean Man, if I'm if I'm a, um, a, a an evaluator, a coach, or a GM or whatever, you know, Trace Jackson Davis is definitely a guy I want to see uh, because I, I want to know what's there. I want to know what the shot really looks like because I haven't had an opportunity to really see it. Uh, you know, you, you've you've heard sort of the I mean, the rip is basically that he hasn't really tried. Uh, in-game, you know, playing out on the perimeter all that much, either handling or shooting. So you want to know what's there and what isn't. How far away is he really? Uh, That's what I want to know. Is he worth it for me to try to uh, get him in my organization, you know, even get him in the G League, try to convince him that it's worth it to be in the G League? Uh, Or do I want him to go get another year and and tell him, you know, something that that he should do uh, in another season at Indiana? What, what, You know, how far away are these things? Um, And, you know, how close is he? So I'm, I'm not at all surprised if you got a combine invite, um, and I, I don't think Mike Woodson is either. Uh, I, I think if you were Mike Woodson, you had to presume this. Um, and, it, you know, I think you had to presume that he was going to give it a shot. I think you had to presume that he was going to, you know, test the waters. You know where he's at uh, generally. I mean, he's somewhere between, you know, the second round, maybe, maybe not drafted at all is where you're seeing on the boards. You can absolutely approve, uh, you know, with a really good combine showing and a really good uh, showing at, at workouts thereafter. Um, so, it, you know, I, I think he was, Mike Woodson was already in the waiting game, but I think he all, he had to know probably going back to, I don't know, February uh, or maybe earlier, that this was probably going to be where Chase Jackson Davis was at, that he hadn't quite done enough to ensure himself uh, of a draft position that was going to be, uh, you know, good enough for, for, you know, for him to be definitely done just to say I'm out and there's no you know reason for me to think about not coming back or think about coming back. Um, so really since then, I think he's been in this waiting game. and He's known uh, that he's got to be prepared to, you know, to, to lose him, but he's got to be prepared for him to be back as well. Um, and I think, really, I think he did a good job of roster building to be prepared for that. I mean, I think Malik Rainow was a huge get uh, to be able to sort of keep things steady, knowing that you're going to have a talented five guy, even if he leaves. Um, but, you know, also you have depth if you keep him. So I, I think it, it is a waiting game for Mike, Mike, Mike Woodson. I think Indiana fans are a little restless. I think they got to calm down a little bit because I think you <laughs> have to expect this. Uh, you guys got to take it down a notch. Don't keep pressuring him to let him do this. Uh, and he'll be better. And the thing is, too, if, if he comes back, he'll be better for for dragging this out, um, for taking as much time as, as uh, he's going to take. I mean, like, if you really think about this in a, in a real life way, man, if you got us, I mean, it, it's like taking it, you know, it's almost like taking an internship, um, you know, in a manner of speaking, basically, I mean, like if you're in college and you want to know um, if you know how employable you are uh, at the next level, I mean, like you would you would love to, to take a lot of time to go work directly or or you know at least have sort of your your next you know stage employer sort of sample your wares as a potential employee and have them tell you how good you are or aren't and if they're willing to take you right now and say they don't you don't need a fourth year of college you'd go i mean like that's just normal that that's what anybody would do um so i mean i think this is always what he should have done in the first place this was sort of an obvious move i think for him Is just uh just you know it's the first time you can really take the process It's, it's total distance uh everything's been screwed up the previous two years because of covid so you Know, he gets to really just take this in and find out um, you know, what evaluators really think of him and what he should do from there.
2: Dustin, uh, I forget what the, the subject matter was. I think it was right after the IU-Arizona uh, matchup in Vegas was announced by the IU social basketball social media account on Twitter. Um, Trace retweeted that with some sort of comment. He tagged, I think, an Arizona player mm-hmm. maybe. I think that's what it was. Yeah, and I had people sending me screenshots, and of course, then I read the the thread of of responses, and they oh, that's that means he's coming back. He's he's tweeting about the Arizona game next season and tagging a buddy from Arizona. That means he's coming back. This is great news for Indiana, and I again a, an overreaction definitely, and I think you said <laughs> said it best. Just kind of chill out on Trace. He's he's getting it uh, on social media right now, in a, in a good way. People are showing their love for him.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, like part of. I guess there's two things to it. I don't know if it's the worst thing for everybody to let him know if they still want him back. Uh, I mean, I think uh, Trace has a little bit of vanity, not a ton, but a little bit. And I think, uh, I you know, I, I, I do think there are some people out there that I, I think him knowing that Indiana still wants him back, uh, and Indiana fans still want him back, uh, you know, is is at least a mark in the you know stay column. Uh Not not that it overwhelms anything else. I mean, if he if he it, you know, knows he's going to get an NBA roster spot, knows he's going to get an NBA contract, not even a two-way, but knows he's going to be on a team. If he, if you told him that right now, he'd go because that's the move. You know, if you, if, you, if you can get a roster spot, you know, that, that you're on a team, uh, you, would, you would go. Um, so I, I think that's kind of where he is. But, you know, if it's a, you know, G League situation or whatever, like the idea of coming back for one more year of glory at IU, I think is definitely that – Definitely, something that's going to be a mark in the in the stay sort of column. And you know, if, if he's further down the list, if he's looking at getting drafted in the fifties, you know, then I think that's something that that he'll look at. It maybe it'll sway him some. Um, but you're not going to get him to go before the combine. Anybody who's trying to pressure him to uh, you know get out of the draft process before he has has an opportunity to take it in um, is wrong. I mean, you, I mean, you want to do it fine or whatever. But the bottom line is he's not going to do it, and he shouldn't. Uh, he absolutely should not um, you know, pass up on this opportunity to get evaluated and get these workouts and, and put this time in. Even if he's leaning towards coming back, I mean he should still, you know, take this for all of its work and don't don't tell anybody that you're you're going out until you know in, that you're exiting the draft until you exit the draft because you know you want to get real-time evaluation. You want people looking at you as if they're going to pick you, and you want to know what they think. And that's you know that's what he should do. And you know I, I don't think it's bad that people are indicating that uh, you know that, that they really really want him back. I mean that's that probably still helps his decision in the long run. But if you think he's gonna gonna tell you before the combine and skip the combine you're nuts. And he would be crazy to do it. Um, so, you know, basically it's good for him just to plot all this out. That being said, I, mean, I think it, it is something, I mean, Dale and Terry was the guy that he was tweeting at. I think they're both working out together in Los Angeles uh, for the draft. And so I think that's, um, that was him sort of indicating, all right, well, this could be cool too. You know, like I, I, I think he was calculated uh, knowing he was doing that. I I don't think he's necessarily opposed to the idea of, uh, giving Indiana fans a reason to think um, or, or, or giving Indiana fans a reason to hope I don't, I don't think he's totally opposed to that um, so but that, that's kind of my, big, my my thing there is this I, he's just it, it would just be foolish for him to not play this all the way out and see where it goes.
2: Dustin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald Times my guest Dustin a texter writes Matt you have said TJD is working out in California right now and I've seen tweets that uh, some NBA teams are beginning to work out players. Are you aware of any workouts that Trace Jackson Davis has had is basically the the question. I saw something yesterday that the Brooklyn Nets worked out Trace and McGowan's from Nebraska, and it seemed like uh, some other players as well. Are you aware of any uh, individual type workouts or small group workouts for Trace with NBA teams?
3: Uh, I'm not exactly, but that doesn't mean it's not happening. I mean, I don't think they generally have sort of on site workouts until after the combine usually. Um, is that that seems to be what the schedule usually is it's at that point when you start seeing a list of invites come out basically on a daily basis like if you're if you're covering the Pacers or whatever you'll you'll get a list every day of who they're they're bringing in and, and you get to go talk to those guys and stuff like that I think it'll be you'll see more of that uh you know starting after the combine that's usually where it goes um and and he definitely will I mean I can't imagine he won't be obviously uh you you end up working a lot out a lot more people than you are going to need in the draft that you have any plans on drafting. Because basically, I mean, like for one thing, you want five-on-five, you know, games. You want to be able to put the guys that you really, really want in those kind of uh, situations. So he's going to get those kind of invites. uh, But I would, I would think you'll see a lot more of them coming after the combine because that's usually where they land. Especially Um, as as more teams are sort of in the pool, more teams know when they're picking um, because I mean I I don't know exactly when it is, but the lottery's got to be coming up soon. Um, So I think that's that. That's when you'll see more of those. I wouldn't be surprised though. If someone goes out to California to check them out, uh, if they know he's out there because it's been totally illegal too.
2: All right, uh, twelve players total from the Big Ten uh, with an NBA Combine invite. I don't have numbers from recent years, but I'm always curious from year to year how the Big Ten stacks up as far as the draft goes. I think that's a pretty good number to get to double digits from one conference of seventy-six players.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, it's a lot of the guys that you would have expected, um, you know, get you're getting an opportunity here. I'm let me, let me looking at the list. Uh, Malachi Brandon from Ohio State, uh, Kobe Coburn from Illinois, which would be a guy that you would have to want to see. Max Christie from Michigan State, uh, Johnny Davis, Wisconsin, Musa De Abate from Michigan. I know uh, uh, Jaden Ivey from Purdue, obviously Jill Adele from Ohio State, uh, Bryce McGowan from Nebraska, and I know Travion Williams from Purdue is on here. So, no, I mean, obviously speaks well to the Big Ten, just how successful it's been the last couple of years, uh, you know, it, even though it hasn't really shown up in the tournament as much, you've obviously just seen really, really good players uh, come out of there. I mean, obviously they've been all over All-American list the last couple of seasons, so really not not a big surprise to see uh, a bunch of these, uh, bunch of these kids that, that they want to get a look at, and I think um, you know there are also several that uh, you know Ivy obviously is going to be a top five pick, so that's kind of a sure thing. But I think there's some other guys that know that you kind of want to know what you really have. Malachi Branham I think, is really an interesting one. I think he's obviously moved up uh, a lot in the last, I don't know, you know, since February or whatever, uh, maybe January, February. Uh, Kofi Coburn, I think, is a fascinating guy uh, to, to you know you want to put him in some situations to get a better sense of, of how he can play. You know, when his back is into the basket when you go. You got to force him to run a little bit, you know, force him to get up and down. Um, you know, I think that's an interesting guy. You want to see Ron Harper Jr. is another guy on this list. You kind of forget Rutgers is in the Big Ten sometimes, but it is, uh, and he's on there too. Um, but uh, a, a lot of, like, I think, guys, it will be very fascinating to uh, NBA scouts, coaches, general managers, um, you know, just overall talent evaluators to see sort of where they could fit uh, at an NBA level. Obviously, the Big Ten plays generally with a touch slower pace than the rest of uh, some of the rest of the college basketball, you know, big-time leagues and generally slower than uh, the NBA does. But it's like, okay, can you accelerate this guy and what kind of uh, um, you know, production can he have in those kinds of systems? So um, I think uh, a lot of guys, I think, have a chance to play their way up uh, in the combine, if, if they get to show some things, I think that's so I, I think you're going to see those guys very closely watch this event.
2: Yeah, no question. Dustin Opieracki's with the Bloomington Herald Times. You also see his work alongside Zach Osterman on the Indy Star website as well. Our guest, uh, switching gears a bit, Kenya Hunter was on the Hoosier Hysterics podcast recently, and I've not listened to the entire thing, but I got far enough in to hear him talk a lot about uh, what the summer could look like for the Hoosiers, and that because there's no games to quickly prepare for like the Bahamas trip a year ago where they really had to focus on offense and defense to have things ready for a game situation that this summer should allow a lot of work on the offensive side of the ball and I think he brought that up when talking about Jordan Geronimo and how he can become a better player uh, for next season so is this the summer that Mike Woodson after a year ago really hammering on defense it seemed is this the summer where He works uh, on uh, some of the intricate details of the offensive patterns and and schemes and just all the things that IU does on the offensive side. Of course, shooting would be the biggest, I think, IU fans would be critical of. But is this a summer for maybe some offensive development?
3: Yeah, no, certainly. I think – Obviously and that's not to say they're gonna let go on defense or anything like that. I mean I think uh you know they were good enough on that end that they have to look at it as a calling card and something that, that um they're going to win with. But it's I think la you know, it it is the obvious, the obvious metaphor of you know, building a house, I think. Oh sorry about that. Um Bless you. he you know, I, I think they, they laid a foundation last year. I think that's the, that's the way that he had to look at it and say, Okay, like what's you know, our bottom line going to be, I mean, like, you can't, you know, build the whole house in one day, basically. Like, you, you've you got to start someplace. and You have to have someone that you can rely on and, and someone that will keep you in games um, before you necessarily build on things that, that, that can win it. You know, just build on certain finer points and certain details. You have to lay the foundation first. I think they did that, uh, you know, just basically just proven that they were going to be able to defend, um, proving it was going to be tough to score on them. I think he found that easier to install. You know, it's, you know, basically – as far as you know, just getting everybody in the right position. I mean, like there, there's more sort of read and react in defense, um, in 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 the sense of saying, okay, you know, like just everybody know where they're generally supposed to be. It doesn't have you don't have to have a whole lot of plays, a whole lot of different coverages. Uh, there's not a whole lot of change and switch around. It's basically just you need to know the principles, um, and you go from there. Basically, if you can get really good at those principles, then, then you don't necessarily have to learn all that much. It's just focusing on what's there. So I think that was a smart move on his part. And so this year. Obviously, when you have all those base principles already there, I mean, obviously you you get the new guys in and make sure they understand it and and make sure everybody's refreshed on it all the time. Um, but you know, then then you can really kind of spread out when it comes to offense. I mean, you would hear from time to time him talk about installing something day of game, and and he's more of a set play type of guy, um, and so it's you know it's less motion, uh, less basic principles. It's more, uh, you know. We have specific plays to run. You call this play, all right. Everybody does this, so you've got to be able to know each one, each call, um, and and be ready for that. And that takes some takes a lot of working to to get the playbook down. Uh, and you know, I think there's a good good chance that's what you'll see this summer is them really focus more on that, um, and and not really have to refresh as much on the defensive side.
2: Dustin, you wrote a piece recently that kind of recaps. Where IU stands in recruiting in the 2023 class, and so far, good marks for Coach Woodson uh, in 21, uh, and or excuse me, tw- yeah, 21, and then 22 classes uh, when he first arrived, and then this year, obviously, Malik Renault a late addition to the 2022 class really helped push the uh, IU ranking up in the recruiting classes. But where does IU stand right now in 2023? What's the class look like? And is it getting any national marks like the other two have?
3: Uh, I mean, uh, you know, obviously they got Gabe Cuffs and Ja'Kai Newton uh, committed, and, and that doesn't put them that high. Um, You obviously those are respected players, but they're not necessarily, um, you know, top of the line, you know, blue chip, everybody talks about them sort of guys. Uh, That being said, um, you know, it's a good start, I think. I mean, I was certainly impressed with uh you know obviously wrote a big piece in uh february about cups and got to see him live and up close um actually at the moment they're ranked number seven uh so they're, they're higher than i realized newton's 71st and cups is 82nd obviously a lot of guys are uncommitted at this point so they could certainly move move around uh, a lot but having two top 100 guys is a big deal uh in, you know to start with i mean i think obviously for them to, to hold that margin um to be in that spot when it's all said and done and all these guys are committed uh they're going to need somebody that's somewhere in the top 20 top 30 but they're obviously involved in several of those type of players. I mean, you have obviously their, their uh, top six at the moment uh, for Kwame Evans Jr. out of Montverde Academy, Montverde Academy, and obviously getting two of those guys uh, in the 2022 class is a really big deal, and I think it's going to keep them sort of involved uh, at that program for a while, and that's back-to-back national champions, and I imagine that they're going to make a push at it again next year. They're going to have that type of players. And You, you look at Evans on tape, he's phenomenal. 6'9", uh, 200 pounds, really good skill, can step outside and shoot threes, can block shots. Uh, you know really terrific athlete. He's number three. So again, they're they're in the mix for him. Obviously, uh that's a tough mix. Uh you know, that's not you know, there's a lot of other there's some really powerful other programs in there. Uh you know, Oregon's obviously I think really doing well in his recruitment. Kentucky, Auburn, uh Arizona or some other programs that are really in it. I think they he, he just came from Kansas. Uh, not yet. Um, but you know, there's, there's some other big time programs that have been interested and in showing shown interest in, and might show more UCLA. I think is top is, you know, close to top of his list too. So that's going to be a tough one. Um, but I think there's some other interesting players. I think that they have sort of jumped on in this April period. Um, obviously Xavier Booker, obviously they're in a fight for, you know, for, for the little kid, but I think, uh,
1: Freddie DeLone
3: is I think a really interesting scorer out of, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina plays at word of God down there. Um, Arrington Page is a kid that everybody's jumping on right now. He's not ranked. But a uh, kid out of Georgia, obviously, where uh, you see Rosemont has a lot of good connections. Um, and so I think he's he's really you know, I, I added almost every offer he has since April. I think he's shown some really impressive skill for a 6'8", 200-pound guy. Uh, Andre Stojakovic, uh, you know, Page's son, uh, just terrific scorer, scorer out of California. Uh, Big-time shooter, just like Page was. So, you know, I, I, that, that's obviously another guy that would be a really interesting get. Uh, Cohen Carr is a guy they've stayed on since last summer. Uh, out of South Carolina, really high flying dunker, um, but also you know, trying to add some other skill pieces to his game. So I think it's a good class to start with, just with Cups and Newton. And I think there's more to be had from it, uh, and they can certainly they can certainly build on uh, and get a good class. But I think you know 2022, giving them the base that it did, uh, puts them in a position where they don't necessarily have huge needs. Uh, you know, they start with. Um, uh, you know, having a big guy in Ray now, if he's still around, uh, you know, that, that puts them in good shape, obviously with point guard, they should be in good shape, whether they, whether Shafino you know, leaves after a year for the NBA or not. Uh, they could have two really good point guards in which, Shafino you know, and cups together. Um, and so it's just sort of adding, you know, stuff in the positions in between from two to four, but you still got CJ gun and Caleb banks and some talent there. Um, so they, yeah, I think it really has an opportunity to build here without having to be desperate. Um, for a position they can just take guys they want, uh, you know, rather than uh, operate from some kind of desperate position of need.
2: Dustin Dopierak, Bloomington Herald-Times, my guest. Uh, I want to squeeze in a, a football for just a moment before we conclude this segment. And uh, this, this has been discussed a little bit this offseason. You know, practices were all closed for IU football this spring, which was the first time that's happened under Coach Allen's uh, reign. Also, uh, there was no spring game, and Coach Allen addressed that in one of his recent media availabilities. Uh, talk a little bit about that. What what was the reasoning for so much uh, secretness around the IU football program here this off season compared to others.
3: I think it, it, it I don't think it was so much a desire to keep everything secret. So much it was I, I don't think he expected to. Um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Basically, the way he ex- he explained it, as far as not having a spring game was concerned, he said, he he said you, he doesn't really feel like you get the most out of that um, because you're obviously purposefully being vanilla. You know, you're, you're purposely not. You know, because that that game gets taped uh, some way, shape, or form. So he didn't really want to. Um, you know, he only you only get 15 practices. So I think his way of looking at it is, is, why would I have a practice where I don't build? Um, you know, with this kind of team. And it makes sense when you're talking about from a PR perspective, if they were winning, I mean, if, 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 if they were coming off, uh, 2020 and, you know, uh, we, you got to this point with the COVID restriction levels you know with, with everybody pr- everything pretty much being rescinded he would have wanted to have a spring game if, if he was coming off six and two you know with with some big wins uh, but coming off two and ten i don't think he expected to get a big draw and so he viewed it as what's the what's the trade-off here um you know you're not really getting fan excitement um you know not not that, that much of it anyway um and you're trading away a practice where you could really work on stuff and you know because you're you're you, you don't want to um, put your plays out there so somebody can see them and prepare for prepare for them all summer. Um so I think that was really the big thing is that you, two new coordinators, you know, knowing that you're gonna have a lot of new offense. Um, not wanting to necessarily show it off on video in any way, shape, or form. Uh, It would have been nice if we still could have had some in-person media availability to talk to these kids up close. Um, But obviously we got to to hear from them a lot on Zoom calls. You know, really every Tuesday and Thursday we got to hear from somebody uh, about progress. And it's not like they were, you know, uh, holding too much back as far as that was concerned. Um, But I think it was really that of of not really wanting to show off too much of what's coming in from an installation perspective and not feeling like there was a big enough trade-off. Um, as far as uh, you know, basically fan visibility and, and, and fan excitement was concerned, it's just you know if, if they were coming off a winning season, you would have had a spring game two and ten, you know, and with two new coordinators, where I think it was really the driving force there.
2: All right, Dustin Dopeirak with us on Wednesdays. He's with the Bloomington Herald Times, and always great to catch up. Good stuff. Busy off season. We'll talk with you again soon.
3: Absolutely. Thanks so much. for All having right.
2: Me. Absolutely. We will head to a commercial break here. In just a moment, I do want to mention, had a, a great text on the Thornton's text line. I want to mention a little bit from outside of our immediate coverage area, but there's a South Central baseball player. His name is Landis Sims, and he's going to receive the National Spirit of Sports Award this afternoon at a game played at South Central. And the IHSA Commissioner, Paul Neidig, and Assistant Commissioner, Robert Falcons, they will be present at south central high school today down in harrison county to give uh, landis sims this great award so congratulations to him on receiving the national spirit of sports award to be presented a little bit later today during a south central baseball game we'll head to a break josh cook sports editor of the news and tribune is next that segment brought to you by major league shirt company stay with us this is the hoosier report with matt dennison
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective.
2: Let's win for Coach. You got us
0: here. Here's Matt Dennison.
2: Back here on this Wednesday program, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. My guest, this segment brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. They offer custom apparel to meet all of your needs, including T-shirts, uniforms, corporate wear, and promotional items. Let Major League Shirt Company outfit your team or organization today. Visit mlshirtco.com to find out more. That's mlshirtco.com to find out more. Josh, we've got a lot going on this week uh, and I think I want to start with a basketball topic. Nobody that listens uh, uh, on a regular basis should be surprised we're starting with hoops, even in the offseason. But Floyd Central had a really unique signing ceremony last night at the high school there in the lobby near the athletic department. A lot of their seniors uh, have made college decisions uh, from Division One with uh, Sella Husky down to a number of uh, Division III uh, commitments. Really need to see this talented and big senior class, and you don't always see these days that many players still going at it in, in a class. Need to see so many get college opportunities to keep playing basketball.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's really a tribute to to that team, to to Todd and those those kids. You know, they they did a great job, and uh, you know it. it it's amazing because there's no uh, you know nobody averaged probably more than. More than twelve or thirteen points a game on that team, and and you've got five or six kids who are going to uh, are going to play college basketball. That's really a tribute to to them and their abilities, and uh, you know the coaching they received. So that was that was great to see. You know you don't see that very often. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Talking with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Hoosier Hills Conference baseball tournament this week. And tonight we're set for the semifinal games in the winners' bracket. New Albany, though, of the three locals in the HHC, the only one still alive. There's been a lot of years, Josh, where we've had a local battle in the semifinals, or maybe even in the championship game, but that's not the case this year.
1: No, you know, kind of surprising, but uh, you know that that uh, Jeffersonville lost the other night. But you know, you never know. The, the way this season's going and the, and the talent that they have Jeff could turn around and win the sectional. You just don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was, that was a big win over Floyd for new Albany, um, the other night. And, you know, I expect them to be in the championship game, uh, probably at Jennings County on Friday night, which would be a really, uh, a really good matchup and, you know, against, um, Vogel and, and the Panthers. But and I think, I think they're supposed to play, uh, Jennings, turn around and play them again on Saturday in the regular season matchup, so that would be kind of interesting. But, uh, you know, just just another uh, – uh, it'll be another sectional preview, and, uh, you know, maybe maybe New Albany can warm up for uh, winning a sectional championship by winning a your girls conference title. We'll see.
2: Josh, we also need to mention the Borden Braves. They are number one right now in Class 1A baseball in the state. They had a great year. A season ago we obviously know how how that ended uh what a year for coach Stotts and the Braves but they're back at it again this year with the number one ranking as we head to the middle of May
1: yeah very impressive um, I don't know how many games in a row they won to be honest with you but they've won quite a few games in a row here they've reeled off a number of big wins uh you know I talked to coach Stotts before the season he he was he didn't know that they were going to have an opportunity to win 20 games again like they did last year so they're definitely on track for that that's for sure and they're uh you know they're looking good heading into the uh the, the latter part of the season here and it's going to be very interesting to see uh, see how far they can go you know they've got most of their guys back from last year from a team that made it to the semi-state so you know you would think they might have that uh, another chance to make it to at least the semi-state if not if not beyond that so you know things are, things uh things are looking pretty good for board at this point
2: uh, also, uh, from a uh, spring sports perspective, I want to give you a chance. There's been so much activity, even this week. I know the Hoosier Hills Conference, this is the big week for tournaments and, and uh, the track meets as well for the conference. Also, uh, highlight some of the other champions, winners, big performances that we've had uh, from some of the other sports here in the area.
1: Yeah, the um, obviously the Hoosier Hills Conference Tennis, the girls' tennis tournament's underway, too, and uh, uh Floyd Central and is playing today in the semifinals as uh, as is New Albany. And I, I won't be surprised at all to see Floyd and New Albany playing in the finals on Friday afternoon. And then as far as track and field goes, uh, the girls Hoosier Hills Conference track meet was last night in New Albany. Edged out Floyd for the title. Uh, a lot of a lot of big performances last night. Uh, for New Albany, Journey Howard, who also plays basketball, she uh, won the both hurdle events and then also the high jump and then um, for Floyd Central, Jaden Serencione, you know they're they're awesome runners she uh, she won 800 1600 3200 uh for Floyd um the boys HHC is Thursday night at Columbus East but then we had last also last night uh Charlestown won its second straight uh, mid southern conference title and then girls track and they had uh, lyric Steel. they have a a very good sophomore class. Lyric Steel. she kind of leads the way. She won the 100 and the 200. Um, Alexis Eaton uh, won both the throwing events. She shot put in the discus. So they, um, you know, that's that's really looking good for them. And in the, the Southern Athletic Conference, they got theirs going last night. They kind of split theirs up, and they do half of the boys and half of the girls on Tuesday. Then come back and do the second half of both on Thursday. So. Um, uh, Borden in first place in both of those after the first uh, after the first night, and you know I would expect uh would expect the braves to to win the championships in both again on uh on thursday night and let's see the oh the mid Southern conference boys track meet will be Thursday night at cordon and I think that's about covered it there we go I tried to get it all in.
2: Yeah, thank you. Kind of a, a run through the area of a, another big week, and uh, we're headed to the postseason. So, uh, getting in a lot of these big conference meets and tournaments. Also, one other thing on my list: IU Southeast baseball. They won the River States Conference uh, again last year. They had a great run to Idaho in the NAIA World Series. That's obviously the goal to get back there. They'll now head to and. NAIA Regional coming up, but another great season for Coach Rill and the Grenadiers. And now we'll see what they can do on a national level here in the tournament.
1: Yeah, they just they just keep rolling. That's for sure. It's uh, no, he's got a great thing going over there. You know, the year in and year out, they're uh, you know they're pretty much a national national power or. or you know, in the contention to be at the national tournament every year, and I just saw something on Twitter that they're going to honor their uh, their seniors in this graduation. Though, they're going to honor them tomorrow at the, at the field there. So that's that's kind of cool. All
2: right, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. You can read his great work on all local sports at newsandtribune.com dot com slash sports, and in the print edition of the News and Tribune, Josh. You know what I said we were going to do this week? We were going to talk about and preview the Netspees, the uh, great award ceremony that you guys staged to kind of close out the high school sports year, and it got away from me, so we'll do that next week. Don't let me
1: forget. No problem. June 21st. Everybody mark your calendars. Thanks, man. I appreciate
2: it. Will do. Josh Cook with us every Wednesday brought to you by Major League Shirt Company. That's going to wrap up this Wednesday program. I did want to mention a great game between IU and Louisville baseball last night. Louisville scored three in the bottom of the eighth to win, 7-2. to two. We'll be back with you Thursday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.